Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at a Wednesday night slate here, Nate, before a day off for most for Thanksgiving in the NBA. Uh, so it is a pretty full slate here, 12 games for you guys. In this one, we are going to be taking a look at these Pelicans. They are in San Antonio taking on the Taken Spurs. Take a look at that game. we got another one up for you and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We'll be coming at you each and every weekday of this regular season. also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have our great written content up for you guys all season long and our odds finder tool that you can go ahead and use to make sure you're getting the best juice available on all those NBA bets you are making this season. Nate, let's go ahead and read off those lines and then get into no Nola and the Spurs. Yeah, we got a full slate here. Sixers pulled off that win against the Nets despite uh, missing most of their stars. Uh, they're plus four at Charlotte. Blazers without Dame, plus nine at Cleveland. The Timberwolves, plus one at the surprise Indiana Pacers. Those Nets on a back-to-back are plus two at Toronto. Uh, the Wizards, plus two at Miami. Mavericks plus four and a half at the Celtics that opened much higher, closer to a plus seven for Dallas before people jumped on that. Uh, the Kings are plus six at Atlanta. We will break that game down for you in a separate video. Kings just won their seventh straight. Jokic actually returned on Tuesday night for the Nuggets. Um, they're minus two at the Thunder. That's where it opened. Now that Jokic is back, that spread could change indeed. Um, and the Bulls plus eight at Bucks. Then we got Pistons plus 11 at Jazz. Clippers plus nine at Warriors. Don't know what to make of those two teams right now. Uh, but then we get to this one. Pelicans minus six and a half at the Spurs. Um, a Spurs organization that is so competent, so incredible that they can just simply tank better than anyone else in the NBA and looks savvy while they're doing it. Uh, lost 10 of their last 11 with a negative 16 net rating in their last five. It has gotten particularly worse with a 126 defensive rating failing to cover in four of those five games, getting outscored 124 to 101 on average. They do come back home now for the first time since they beat the extremely shorthanded bucks at home. That was the last time they got a win. Um, I mean, they're three and five at home this season, negative six and a half margin, which is exactly where the spread is at. Their their defensive rating is seven points better. But I mean, whatever early uh, fire they had here seems to be wearing off in a hurry. I mean, Kelton Johnson has gone ice cold as their number one option, shooting under 28 percent from three. The entire team is shooting 28 percent from three in their last five here. I mean, what do they do well on offense? They they still are third in assists per game, classic Spurs ball. Also third in turnovers because they're just giving all these young guys the keys to a sophisticated offense that they don't know how to drive, right? I mean, take your, take your metaphor pick there. And the defense is simply abysmal. It's dead last in points, assists, uh, three-point percentage, give it up fifth most paint points, third most fast break points. Those are the types of things the Pelicans would love for you to give up, uh, especially now that they have Zion back. He only had to play 23 minutes in his return two nights ago um, because, you know, they're playing the Warriors who benched everybody. So you want to look at how the Pelicans might handle a team that's not going to throw out a great NBA roster. That's how they handle it. They beat the Warriors by like, 
45 points, just absolutely smacked him around. Uh, and the last trip to San Antonio when the Spurs, this was last March, the Spurs were like, we're not really interested in this playing tournament. We're trying to get in the lottery here. And they were just weren't going that hard. Well, the Pelicans were happy to oblige them there with a 33-point smackdown shot. 50% from the floor, hit 14 threes, out-rebounded them by 18. And that's without Zion or Brandon Ingram, uh, who should now both be out there. They just used a big-ass lineup with Jackson Hayes and Joe Val uh, because the Spurs aren't really quick enough right now to take advantage of that on the other side um, with them playing Pirtle, the old basketball dinosaur uh, I mean, the, the Pelicans can go as big as they want and um, should be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's what they've been doing recently is shooting 40 percent from three, hitting 14 threes, shooting 50 percent from the floor, winning four of their last five at home. Well rested here as they go on their first of a little roadie here that's only in San Antonio. So, I, I mean, I feel great about them winning. Here, if you want to tease it with 12 other games on the slate, there's definitely this is definitely one to think about pairing with the tease because uh, it could the spread could creep up. And if it's seven or eight points, I think maybe you want to tease that back down. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're we're recording this on, uh, on, on what is it, Tuesday night. Uh, so things can change. Uh, that'll be uh, the theme of, of both of these videos, but they're still, I, I think we're offering some pretty, uh, you know, a, a, we're aligned, let's say on the the way that we see the script for this game. And it's, it's points, 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 points for uh, the Pellies. They do have the, uh, I guess you can call it the number one record, if you will, in terms of the highest percentage of their games on the road going over right now, six and two to the over uh, as an away team. Do the Pellies go because of the fact that they score a ton more on the road, about five, Five more points a game. Their pace on the road is like five points higher than at home. 101 and a half to 96 or 97 at home. Uh, the Spurs, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you could talk about when, obviously I'm, I'm touching on the over here uh, or the, at least the total at 232 and a half high total. And, and the Spurs, you need them to come along. They do seem to tend, they, they do play a little bit better uh, on offense at home, but like not that much. They get a few more free throws. Um, they, they, they make uh, one more three, uh, three pointer game. They shoot a better field goal percentage uh, slightly, but it's like all pretty much the same. They're just bad everywhere. Uh, they just seem to play, uh, you know, a little bit worse defense on the road as they're getting smacked by uh to the tune of like 13 points is their plus minus is negative 13 right now on the road at home it's negative 6.6 like they're losing these games at home by an average of about seven points which is where this is at i think uh you know with, with the pellies at full strength we're back to like i mean it was only it was like five games into the season we were talking about the pellies being like are they going to end the season as a top three team in the West sitting at 10 and seven? They're still like, you know, a top 10 team in top 11 team, let's say in the NBA right now. Um, and, and at home and on the road, it's not like their I mean, their record on the road is 500. Um, but I, I think in this situation, it feels a little bit short. Like you were saying, I think this, this spread will get up to closer to almost double digits by the time it's closer to game time. I, I don't know that, that there's too much uh, sharp money on the Spurs in this one, as you said, that the tank is on uh, and to a degree, like maybe we should, we, you know, we, we did 
uh, shoot the gun a little bit with Keldon Johnson, who, as you mentioned, has also regressed a bunch. Uh, whereas at the beginning of the season, we thought maybe he and Devin Vassell were uh, enough offense, you know, with Pirtle in there uh, and a few other guys to, to be able to at least like have a competent NBA offense. Um, but it, it's it's not there. And, and when you're dead last in, in a number of key categories on defense, as they are, uh, are the Spurs, that it, you're going to need a much, 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 much better offense than they have uh, to be able to hang with a team like the Pellies, who they're going to continue to get their fast break points. They're going to increase those fast break points. They're going to increase those points in the paint, which are already, you know, middling, if you will, for them. But we know that that's where they like to score when Zion is on their on the floor. Uh, and you look at the on-off numbers for him, even in the short sample size of this season, since he's spent a bunch of time on the bench so far uh, in street clothes. But still, in that short span of on-off, it's like they, they're going they're, – the identity of their offense is Zion when he's on the floor. Uh, he's too magna- magnanimous of a player to, to, for that to not be the case. Uh so in this one, all those things con- you know considered, uh, I don't think that the, the down low presence is going to be there for the Spurs. Not that there's too many people that can take a shoulder from Zion and then stop him, uh, but at, 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 as bad as they are against the, you know allowing points in the paint, allowing fast break points and the like for the Spurs, I think this is an opportunity for the Pellies to feast. You can feel pretty good about the spread, uh, and you can also go ahead and take their team total and feel good about that. And the Spurs are bad guarding the mid range too. So CJ and Brandon Ingram, and then you go right, are gonna have are gonna get whatever they want in that area too. I I mean I'm very reluctant to bet the over, even on the Pelicans total though. Uh, honestly, because the Spurs in their just I mean they were granted they're on the road, but their offense just really went in the tank. Uh, some of the, some of these numbers are just. Abysmal, I mean, yeah, 101 points per game is pretty much all you need to know. They are now dead last in the NBA in margin overall at negative 10. Um, and, and the Pels, like I, I touched on that, that five, they come they're coming off a six-game homestand. The first one they lost to Portland, which we kind of called. Uh, but And then they, they've really been on fire since with a 120 offensive rating, 119 points per game, and a plus 15 net rating. Um, Ingram seemed to finally get on track against that that shell of a Warriors team. Thirty four oh, points on twelve for nineteen shooting. Hard not to. Yeah, and then you got Zion. Um, and, you know, in, going back to that last trip to San Antonio, the Pels had thirteen offensive rebounds with that huge lineup, and now you throw Zion in there, who's quicker, and they do tend to go over more often with Zion. I'm just really nervous about the Spurs uh, maintaining consistency on offense Kelton Johnson is their number one option now he's in his last five against Nola he's averaging 16 points per game shooting 40 percent from the field and 26 percent from deep Um, both him and DeJounte Murray struggled in that last meeting with the Pels then then they then won in New Orleans with DeJounte posting a triple double but he ain't around anymore Um, and there's nobody around that's really going to scare you on this Spurs team. So I, I think a Pelicans win is what you can bank on. It's just a question of where you can get that spread uh, until you're comfortable putting a, a large wager on that. Yeah, if you, if you do feel comfortable. About it, yeah, I, I would feel comfortable with, with plenty of, of – um you know, anything around the spread, I'm okay with. I'm still good on their team total. I mean, they just play at such a fast pace, man. Like at 101 and a half. Yeah, if Zion's out there, 120 is is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's and that's what their their team total sits at. And I, I feel pretty good about that. The, the Spurs are going to come along. I, it's funny. Their offensive rating is better on the road. Is the Spurs um, than than at home? And and in their last two, they failed to score 100 points uh, against the Clips and Lakers on the road. Uh, 
so I, that must mean they're home. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the amount of points they're scoring at home, it's it's really bad as well. The, but they're playing fast enough. I mean, they're playing at 102 and a half wherever they're playing at home on the road. The Spurs are playing. So I, I just feel like with the possessions that we're getting, um, the Pellies, you know, they they stop you in the right in in ways that I think a championship defense stops you. They they defend the paint obviously, and then uh, you know they they are defending the three. Uh, they have a you know a defensive player of the year candidate in Herb Jones. Um, so you know they they can guard you in a variety of ways. But uh, if this team, if this this Spurs team is going to sco- win, it's going to just be on just going, getting it and going, get it and go, and and just blindly go because you can't stop anybody if you're in transition, just as much as you can't stop anybody if you're in the half court if you're the Spurs. So their their best opportunity for victories is just chaos uh, and playing fast, which I think you'll continue to see them do, which bodes well for points at least for the Pellies, who we know can get the ball in the basket with their possessions that they're getting. So here we're talking about the Kings and the Hawks who the Kings early in the season. I, I mean, you would worry about this spot, the the back to back getting pushed down the stretch, almost coughing up a big lead in Memphis on Tuesday night. You would worry about it if it wasn't a team that is just out to prove itself every night, right? Just a young woebegone franchise um, that's finally starting to play really well. Um, and Mike Brown's coaching his ass off with this team. Um, Darren Fox has just been unbelievable. Uh, and, and he's going to be able to limit Trey Young on the other end of the floor as well. Um, I mean, plus six is definitely too big of a number here. As we look at it on Tuesday night, the Kings just wrapped up that previous win. I don't think you're going to get that by the time this video airs tomorrow morning. I think it's going to be much closer to like plus three if if underdogs here. But in that situation, the Kings have been money. Um, 57% cover rate as road dogs since 2020. 56% on a rest disadvantage and 19 and 11 against the spread with no rest. Um, so this is exactly the type of thing that a young a young team will be able to do. They're on a real proven stretch right now. They go to Boston on Friday. Then they come home and face the Suns. And look, they've been doing the damn thing against whoever they play. Seven in a row, 129 offensive rating, pace around 101, best true shooting. In the league and a very poor defensive rating, which is why this total opened at 239, just astronomical total. Um, But as Josh will delve into a little bit more, Hawks at home are not really lighting it up like they were last year. It's kind of the inverse home road splits. Um, And their last two games against very competitive um, defense, you know, great offenses that we thought you would have thought at surface level, like, okay, this is going to be an over. They're going to light it up. Um, the Celtics shut them down in the fourth quarter. Cavs, same thing. I mean, this Hawks crunch time offense, maybe it's just like a little awkward right now with DeJounte and Trey trying to figure out when it's each one's turn to initiate. And the Kings have been really good in clutch time. Um, ex- the exception being that they almost coughed up that lead to Memphis. But prior to that, they were good enough to build the lead in Memphis, which, you know, going into that game, I talked about Memphis had only lost twice in 20 home games and both were to the to those Celtics. So uh, the point being Sacramento is is growing up, you know, real fast. And, and uh, if you can capitalize on, on an underdog spread for this team right now, I say you take it. 
Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, as I told you when I when I was looking at this game, I'm like 239 and a half. Give me that under for sure. I like you said, we're recording this Tuesday night. Um, but like it, it, I, I can't see it dropping that much. Honestly, the way that they almost coughed up the game tonight, I can't see the spread dropping that much either. Um, you know, those back to backs and those sorry, referencing what you were talking about with them being away dogs um, since 2020 and having a pretty good you know cover percentage there. They're also covering some probably some pretty big spreads last year and the year before when they were away dogs against some pretty good teams. But not the same team this year. Six and a half does feel like too much for them. Two thirty nine and a half is way too much. Like the stuff that I have about, you know, about the uh, the, the reason for an under here. Like I'm willing to look this all the way down to like 234 and a half, and and if it's open at 239 and a half, I just think it's way off. Um, obviously this video won't go up quite in time for people to probably get it at 239 and a half. I think it's going to go down. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but like right now the the home road splits for Atlanta and the road home splits for uh, Sacramento both are just like screaming under if it's going to be in the in mid to high 230s. Uh, home for Atlanta 107.6 defensive rating, 10 points higher almost on the road at 116 100 they they're uh, allowing 113 points per game out at home versus 115 on the road they're playing they're playing at a little bit of a faster pace at home uh which is really the reason that like their defensive rating is so much better but they're still allowing like a decent amount of points per game uh but uh, allowing 113 points per game yes like the kings are going to come in uh and and do what they do on offense bringing uh one of the best offenses we've seen in the last seven games that uh if that were to last all season it'd be like the best offense ever um but you know if you're looking at what their their splits and what they do differently, uh, it's score a lot more at home as well. I mean, they're scoring 117 and a half uh, on the road versus 124 at home. Um, let's say that they you know get that 117 in this game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's it's going to get all the way up. You know, it's not going to be like a 123 117 game in my opinion. With the way that they also play at a slower pace, they shoot six percentage points much worse in terms of their true shooting percentage. to Sacramento, uh, all the defensive numbers for. Atlanta are way better as well. They allow uh, 32% from three uh, at home as opposed to 37% on the road. That that three-point percentage is, is, that they're allowing is like top 10 in the NBA uh, everywhere. Uh, they shoot 28.5% uh, from three at home, do the Hawks, versus 36% on the road. We've talked about this being a little bit of the sort of identity of Trey Young where he likes to be, you know, be the villain on the road uh, and has better numbers and better splits on the road as opposed to home, which is odd. Uh, normally, you obviously see the the inverse there uh they, they just they, they don't score as much they don't have a lower free throw rate they don't offensive rebound the ball as well. The, the things that are, you know, going for, for sack in this game and, and why I would feel also comfortable betting on them uh, is that they're scoring a ton of their points in the paint. Uh, and that's what they've been doing even more so in their last now seven game win streak. Uh, they've bumped up their, uh, their amount of points in the paint that they score going from like 15th in the league to now like fifth in the league uh, and, and getting back to that identity that is around Sabonis and Fox getting in the lane uh, and, and things of that nature. And, and yeah, so I, I the fact that Atlanta can't go what you know Sacramento does best and the fact that like I don't know DeJounte on on uh you know on De'Aaron Fox fine but like 
Huertas out there. Uh, and as KD mentioned in his recent uh, interview on the boardroom, that his his show, um, you know, he, he, the respect that you should have for Kevin Huerta right now is like like Clay Thompson level based on how the the percentages that he's shooting from three, like fifty seven percent on catch and shoot threes. Uh, it, it, for for Herter. So like there there's reason to believe in this team and the offense that they're putting together, and there's reason that to believe that this backcourt against Atlanta can put up some points, but the pace of the game, uh, the fact that Atlanta plays better on D and worse uh, on O at home, I just feel like if it's like like I said, mid to high two thirties, I'd love an under here. And the home road splits are the same thing for the Kings in terms of supporting this. That their defensive rating is six points better on the road. Yeah. They score seven points fewer. They shoot four percentage point, six percentage points worse from three. Uh, Atlanta really struggling from three, like you mentioned recently. So I mean, it's hard to get to two forty combined um, if nobody's hitting threes or if we're just not getting that consistently. The Kings are traveling with that defense right now. I mean, they did a great job uh, against Memphis. John Morant surprisingly played. He was basically ruled out and then all of a sudden was in there and they still able to hold Memphis to about 90 points until the final minutes there. Uh, like I said, right. they, they have... Jeez, they tried yeah, to that game away. Yeah, they've shown some youth and <clears throat> the refs also let Memphis start to mug them because that's what the, the atmosphere is like in that arena. Atlanta... Well, they have a good home court. I don't think it's quite the same as as the quote grindhouse. But um, the last four meetings between these teams have gone under. Like to your point, I mean they haven't they haven't hit more than two twenty five, I believe. Um, and you have to go back to twenty nineteen when the Kings were just a joke on defense for for them to have gone over a total like this or even over two thirty. Uh, with Mike Brown, he's just he's a really good defensive coach, as we know. He's got a scheme in place. They've got depth that I don't think most people realize. Um, picking guys off the scrap heap like Malik Monk and uh, Trey Lyles too. That it, be, if this is a back back situation, and you know Sabonis maybe is has a little has doesn't have that much gas after last night. You know it's just fine. They they've they've got guys yeah. that they can throw in there to limit what Atlanta is trying to do right now, which is get points in the paint and. and and you know, get wide open shots, and and the Kings are just not really obliging that. I think they will be able to. I, I do agree with your your under here. I mean, it's kind of the same theory. If you're taking plus six, we're taking under. We're expecting a close enough game to feel much better about that side of this one. Yeah, because with this Kings offense, it's just hard to see uh, them really getting just stifled to the point that, you know, that, that, that they wouldn't hit anywhere near their total. Uh, and then like, so what I'm saying is like Atlanta blowing them out. Uh, even if that's the case, like it's not going to be in my opinion, because like they're going off on offense and the Kings just aren't matching them. Uh, the Kings are continuing to match everybody on offense and actually lead, uh, sort of the aggressive attack. And, and like you said, this is a young team that like, Every single game this season is going to mean something to them. Uh, this is like an NFL schedule, right? Like they can't afford to give too many guys days off. There's only a certain amount of wins, and they they want as many of them as they can. Uh, if 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 the Kings get like a top three seed in the West, man, like I don't know, the state of California might take a day off for for NBA playoff day and the Kings day, if you want, if you will, right now. Uh, the 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 hype is real. Uh, so hashtag light the beam, if you will. You're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? 
then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and kick things off with Wednesday night's first play-up prop. Yeah, I know the Pelicans have a lot of options now with Zion back and Brandon Ingram back for a while, but cooking now. But I still like CJ McCollum at just 18 and a half points. I kind of like the two and a half threes as well. I mean, you're getting better odds there, slightly plus money at FanDuel for him to hit three threes. Um, you look at with Zion, his assists per game drop a lot. Um but the three-point percentage is much higher. Same thing with when Ingram's in there. I mean, just obviously they're drawing double teams. They're kicking it out to him. And he's he's definitely handled the Spurs, even when the Spurs were a good um, disciplined defensive team like the last couple of years. In his last four, averaging 30 points per game, seven rebounds, five assists with a 121 offensive rating, 35% usage rate. That's going to come down, sure. But... CJ is an efficient scorer. Um, he's working his way back into shape. He did not start the season in great shape, but in his last four, he's averaging 21 and a half, shooting 50% from three and hitting over four threes. And that includes some really light lifting in their last game against the shorthanded Warriors, the Warriors backups, where he scored 15 in 22 minutes and then took a seat. So the Pelicans are well rested. I don't think the Spurs are going to lay down in the same fashion at home. We do do a game video, though, where we we talk about the Pelicans minus six or seven and the possibility of teasing that down or just taking that. Uh, I mean, this, the Spurs are 30th in many defensive categories, but they're a little bit better at home. So the backcourt, since letting DeJounte go, um, giving up plenty of production, the most points per game to shooting guards and second most assists to point guards. So if you like six assists for CJ, I don't hate that either. It's slightly plus money. Or even, but uh, I think the points and threes are the most reliable. Yeah, that feels right. Um, p- points and threes uh, for for CJ tonight. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the assist could be there. Um, I, I still really want to see how, how they, they kind of play with Zion this season. I think at the beginning of the season, um, that's kind of what you can expect from CJ. Um, I, I, like you said, fewer assists. I, I don't know if that's a total correlation yet necessarily, um, but he's going to get the three-point shots uh, when, when Zion's out there. And if Zion's willing to kick at all after he gets uh, into the lane, uh, then I think you can feel pretty good about that. B.I. also seems to be um, uh, upping his assists a bit this season, to your point earlier. So um, CJ, yeah, 18 and a half is going to be low for him, but that's going to be probably where it is at this point whenever Zion plays. Uh, the threes and the assists is what I would really be interested to see uh, in this game. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well. Like I said, Nate, uh, Mr. De'Aaron Fox worked out pretty great for us last night uh, as the Kings uh, hung on uh, to beat the Grizz after almost blowing a pretty big lead there at the end. That's something that Mr. Fox will want to clean up uh, as he still remains the best point guard, uh, clutch point guard uh, in the league right now, uh, net rating wise for himself. Total is 241 in this game. I said last uh, when we talked about this video last night, you know, it's, it's Wednesday morning now. We, we shot the, uh, the the Kings and Hawks video on Tuesday night. Uh, it was at 239 and a half. We woke up to it being 241. I said take under 239 and a half. So you bet I'm taking under 241. But 
it can still get to like 233 uh, or so, 235 even, and, and De'Aaron Fox uh, will contribute heavily to that. His first back-to-back so far this season, 26 and 10. He is 24, as Nate uh, correctly pointed out to me earlier. I thought he might have already been older than that. He's just been in the, in the league for a bit, coming out after his uh, freshman year. Last five versus DeJounte, who you expect to be guarding him in this game, at least switching off him and, and, and Huerta, depending on who's hotter uh, in this one. But his last five versus DJ, uh, 29 points a game on 33% usage, uh, obviously, when DJ was doing that, that damage on the Spurs there. But still, a, a good defensive team, as you kind of talked about in the last pick for the last couple of seasons, were the Spurs before this season when they just completely tanked. So um, the fact that he's been doing that against them, pretty impressive. It's his, it's his. I said he's number one clutch point guard in, this, in the league in terms of that, that rating. Uh, his splits are awesome this year, 56, 38, 85 from the line with a 30% usage rate. Playing on the road helps D-Fox as well. We already mentioned that uh, in that Memphis Grizzlies game. 32 points a game in his last four on the road with that 30, 30% usage rate playing against some pretty good teams. Memphis, not an easy place to play. Uh, they had all their defenders in, right? Like it's not like Desmond Bain was really crushing their defensive uh, scheme because he wasn't in there. Uh, they played the Lakers, the magic, the, the dubs on the, all on the road, all tough places to play. Look at the magic's away record. Uh, the, the, the uh, Lakers are at least pretty good on defense right now this year. Uh, if, if not awful on offense um, and, and, and like in golden state is playing so much better at home. So all these things for D Fox is like, yeah, against Atlanta, he, he's had some pretty good numbers. 25 and a half points still isn't high enough for our, our man on a back-to-back. Yeah, you look at the only times he didn't really get this recently, the absolute blowout of the Nets, um, a tough matchup against the Cavs, and then that a home game against the Warriors where Demonis Sabonis, they were just feeding him because he was dominating down low, 26 points and. I don't think that they're going to have that easy of a time scoring in Atlanta at home down low. Uh, so it's going to fall on Fox again. And, and he's been stepping up in a major way this season. Uh, just the numbers are are, are great across the board. Yeah. If he gets Trey Young on him, that's barbecue chicken. And, and like you pointed out, he's he's done just fine against DeJounte Murray as well. So should be a nice back and forth uh, affair there for in the backcourt uh, in a game with a ridiculous total. Um, I'm looking at the defensive stats here for Miles Turner, and that's rebounds and steal slash blocks. Minus 135 for him to get three steals or blocks, which is not great juice, but seems pretty likely since he's averaging about three blocks per game in his last eight. The attack on a half a steal per game, you know, steals are always a bit wonky depending on the situation, but Minnesota turns the ball over, uh, that's for sure, and um, they're unreliable. They they also play at the fourth fastest pace in the league, Indiana's sixth fastest pace. So there's just going to be a lot of possessions here. I think that the uh, double-digit rebounds is definitely likely here. Minnesota, be, just because of that pace, I mean, they're a good rebounding team, but because of that pace, fourth most rebounds per game, that includes 15 per game to centers. Uh, Turner has 14 blocks in his last four meetings with Minnesota. So Anthony Edwards and company are going to try to challenge him at the rim. The Pacers basically play funnel defense to say, you know, if you get past us, like good, good luck scoring on Turner. And then that's either a foul or a block. You know, at least you get the opportunities there. He's done more blocks than fouls uh, with a 104 defensive rating. Very impressive. And the highest rebound rate of his career, 26% of available defensive rebounds going to Turner. Um, and that number is eight and a half boards at FanDuel for plus money or seven and a half at other books just for the rebounds. Um, I'm not touching his points. His usage rate is real low. He's going to be trying to score on Rudy Gobert, but on the other end, I think he will be boarding up and defending. 
Yeah, he will. And and uh, just as important, he's going to be in the game every second that uh, Rudy Gobert is in the game, right? And so Rudy uh, at about 32, point, uh, 32 minutes a game this season. Um, and, you, you know, for uh, Turner, it's closer to about 27. He's missed some time, so they've had to ease him back here and there, whatever. Um, but he's going to get that 32 minutes that Rudy's on the floor. Like, you see Rudy on the floor, you see Miles on the floor. So I think you can you can bank on that. Uh, 17 and a half points a game this season. Uh, for, for Miles, it's sitting at 15 and a half. I don't love the match up to your point he is going to be able to draw Rudy out so those threes uh might be a, a something for him to hit as well if they're going to make sure that he's not standing too close to the basket on offense uh too consistently as as they would love to be able to get Rudy out of the the lane and get those rebounds so there's plenty to like about Miles Turner's matchup tonight uh and the way that he's going to be able to play against Rudy so I'm, I'm, I'm with that um I'm going to finish off here with a guy that I mean we i kind of wish I would have talked about before yesterday's game, uh, D'Anthony Melton on the Sixers, uh, a guy that is a backup point guard at this point uh, and has been since he came into the league backing or backup point guard, shooting guard, however, you know, on, on the Grizzlies, uh, he would come in with Tyus Jones and play a little bit more off ball last night, played some off ball with Shake Milton, but had the ball in his hands. Plenty had a, a 24 and a half percent usage rate, uh, or last night it was actually 26 and a half without Maxi and Harden in his last two games, 24% usage rate up from 18 on the season. Five and a half three pointers made per game over his last two, shooting 10 threes a game. So 55 and a half percent over those over the course of those last two. Um, 20 points, five boards, five assists. That's all in 34 and a half minutes, right? All those those minutes going up, the usage going up, obviously, with uh, and, and he's becoming a starting guard at this point with him and Shake uh, when those two guys are out in terms of Harden and Maxi, and they continue to be uh, as well tonight against a really bad Charlotte defense. Uh, last season without Ja, DeAnthony Melton, did, you know, he only played one more minute per game when Ja wasn't in there. Uh, Dylan Brooks. Brooks and Desmond Bain got a lot of time as well. But when he did get in there without any of those guys, uh, I would add, if you add Bain not to the mix of, of players w- that were out last year, um, you know, for a bit of time. And, and when D'Anthony Melton came in without him and Ja, uh, he went from nine points a game to like 19 and a half points a game. Uh, went out without Ja alone. And even when Desmond Bain was in there, he still went up four and a half points a game uh, when then when Ja was in there. So all these guys being out, D'Anthony Melton probably would be a starting guard on like, 12 to 15 teams in this league right now. Um, he just keeps playing behind a couple of really, really good guards. Charlotte's awful on defense, allowing the fifth, uh, you know eighth most points per game, allowing the sixth most points to opposing point guards as well. So I feel really good about D'Anthony Melton's matchup tonight with uh, with this bad Charlotte defense. Yeah, I think I like it more than Shake. I think I like the threes as much as the points, but it's minus 150 for him to hit three because he's been hoisting so many. I, I mean... Philly, I think, is in a letdown spot here emotionally on a back-to-back after getting that shorthanded win against Brooklyn um, and, and Ben Simmons, of course. And I, I think they might lose here pretty badly, actually. I, I might look at LaMelo Ball on the other side uh, with Charlotte taking advantage. But the thing is, Tobias Harris was surprisingly active for that that Nets game. And maybe he sits because he probably played through some pain to just get that emotional win. So yeah, if you bet that before, you know, and suddenly he's a scratch, then Melton and Milton are going to be getting higher usage and you'll feel great about that. Melton and Milton, baby. Love that backcourt. And uh, I used to mix those two guys up. So it's really funny. They're on the same team. And I just wanted to also mention uh, we, we didn't, uh, boast at all, uh, but we hit the Ben Simmons prop last night. Not only did we hit that uh, ten and a half points, we also hit that double double for the man at plus four ninety that we told you about. So feeling pretty good about where we're at with props this week. That's all the time we have for you in this one. But make sure to like and su- subscribe to the page. Continue to follow along with us. We'll be coming back to you guys each and every weekday with that. There's games. Obviously, we have a little break for Thanksgiving, but until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>